Thank you for listening in right now. Glad to have you here. My name is Nyla, and this is Greener Thoughts. I help you understand the environment today so you can experience a greener life. Let's connect online. You can reach Greener Thoughts by voice message. The anchor.fm link is in each episode's show notes. You can do so via the Anchor app or by email at greenerthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. everyone welcome there aren't any different announcements for this podcast episode and so I decided to just record for today instead of doing it a little bit earlier because there was no way I was going to try and push this out at like 4 a.m 5 a.m so I want to give you my best self and so we're going to jump and get started with the first segment so headlines from the hemisphere is of course where we go over and just review quickly amazing environmental news headlines from all over the globe. And this first one is out of Uganda. So Uganda is getting 3 million new trees and I first heard about it on treehugger.com. And so this is really cool because these trees are being planted as part of this project. It's called the Wildlife Habitat and Corridor Restoration Project. And it first began out of uh, western Uganda and it started in mid-July. There's a collaboration between two organizations, one of which you may have been um, uh, in, 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 in touch with or know about called the Jane Goodall uh, Institute and then also One Tree Planted. And it's an organization that does a bit around tree reforestation. So the plan is to plant more than 3 million trees, and this is sort of a long-term project, large-scale, of course, and it's going to be done in the Albertine Rift Forest. And so it's uh, going to impact and uh, restore, in part, endangered chimpanzees, uh, 50% more of uh, birds, 30% or 39% of uh, mammal, uh, mammals, and 19% of amphibians, 14% of reptiles and plants uh, in um, mainland Africa. So it's going to do a lot for all those animals. And it has a few goals because of uh, this being a large-scale project. One of the first is just to restore the degraded areas of the Rift region. Uh, secondly, is to rebuild the devastated zones in the Kagambe Central Forest Reserve. Number three is to promote agroforestry practices in the community and through through things like education. And then lastly is to strengthen forest monitoring and making sure that law enforcement staff can uh, train their staff through tech and so make it easier for them. And then the last thing is that in addition to the 3 million seedlings that they're going to be planting, uh, they're also going to educate uh, 700 households and they're going to be trained and supported in uh, agroforestry practices for their own uh, land and homes. Uh, number two is that uh, we're going to learn a little bit about invasive species and about biodiversity loss. So invasive alien species may soon cause dramatic global biodiversity loss. So I checked this out on Environmental News Network or ENN.com and it's out of the UK. So there was a study done and it actually showed that there's about a 20 to 30% increase in the number of newly introduced alien or non-native species. So alien uh, in this way means just non-native. Uh, species. And so it's really considered um, significant when you think about that in terms of biodiversity all over the globe because of the influx of non-native species to uh, entering habitats and regions where they're in, uh, they're affecting the native populations. You see that a lot of the time. 
And also, it can be uh, whether uh, human interaction, whether we are introducing uh, plant life or animal species to other parts of the world. We do that through a few different ways, either through uh, transportation and going from one region or one country or uh, part of the world to another, and also through tourism. Uh, much the same, but you're going there for specific reasons to specific you know, locations for vacationing and you know, other reasons. So some of uh, the, the alien species, they have uh, negative consequences on biodiversity and on human beings as well. Um, sometimes we don't know how to handle um, uh, um, these, these non-native species and they come in contact with humans. They you know, transmit diseases. They uh, kill off the populations of the animals in the, the native habitats. Um, and they sort of dominate, and it, it's hard to get rid of them sometimes. The research was published in the journal Global Change Biology. And then lastly, a short headline and, and piece from out of Malaysia, and it's concerning toxic waste. So Malaysia uncovers largest abandoned shipment of illegal toxic waste from Romania. And I checked this out on Reuters, and so Malaysia has been in the news uh, quite a bit in the last few years, but lastly, uh, they've been, or, or lately, they've been um, in the news because they discovered 110 containers of hazardous, um, dangerous heavy metals out of Romania that came and shipped uh, to them, and it was bound for Indonesia, but it entered uh, the country illeg illegally. And uh, it was abandoned in July, and it was one of the largest cases of uh, hazardous materials that they ever saw in, um, dumped uh, in Malaysia. All right, so this is some good news from theguardian.com. I love that site, uh, and it is from across the pond, this good e-waste information. Uh, so we're going to, you know, just grapple with uh, some of these staggering statistics a little bit and then seeing maybe where your country or region uh, lines up uh, when it comes to e-waste and the, you know, rising numbers behind it because it's, it's gotten really uh, worse in the past year or so. There have been some increases and then I'm going to break down also the uh, weight of uh, the kilograms and pounds for those uh, who may not know kilograms. Um, the the e-waste per person. Uh, this is a an issue that I don't normally always talk about. It's not that I personally have a ton of e-waste, um, but I know the the proper protocols when it comes to um, getting getting it handled uh, so that it's it's not just out of sight, out of mind, but it's responsibly uh, broken down and recycled. The components are taken out, they're not discarded, and there's no uh, ill treatment of the parts, and they they go and are recycled um, and are, are made uh, into other products or are um, handled safely so that there's no environmental um, degradation on the other side of, of when I'm done with the products. And I don't really have a, a number of podcast episodes about the topic. I have maybe one or two, um, but uh, this one I think is important only because um, there have been several documentaries surrounding the issue. Uh, there have been uh, numerous reports around um, the environmental hazards and dangers of the toxic chemicals in computers and a lot of waste around them. And, and not everyone knows what to do after their electronics fail or their cell phones or their computers or their printers. And so we're going to kind of look at uh, the solutions for those and maybe you'll uh, find new ways to handle your electronics after you're done with them and so you can uh, see how you fare uh, in this so there's a little bit of new and maybe some refreshing points but i really want to get into the nitty-gritty of it so we're going to look at e-waste what a waste i figured just get to straight to the point of you know talking about uh this issue and so we can look at it from the standpoint of all electronic goods, whether they be your phones, your computers, even refrigerators, you know, electric kettles, anything that's really indispensable and we maybe need in our, our modern technology. And, and these things help enhance our lives. They bring more value and, and more productivity to our lives. So much more on a grander scale because of technology. But more often than not, these uh, tech 
items that we have, these products, they have toxic chemicals in them and there are soaring production rates at ever-evolving speeds just to get us the things that we need and want. But there's waste on the other side of that and there's, there's a human health factor and the environment and all of these, of course, fuel the climate change crisis that we live in today. So we're going to first uh, look at the precious metal dumping, which metals are being dumped, uh, how much, and which company, uh, which uh, countries are dumping uh, which uh, items and how much. So at least $10 billion or 7.9 billion euros worth of gold and platinum and other precious metals are being dumped and are, are, are grown every single year in the mountain that is the electronic waste, the e-waste that we know. It's doing a damper on our planet. And this is according to this new found UN report. It's called the UN's uh, Global E-Waste Monitor Report. And it found that a record 40, uh, 54 million tons of e-waste was generated worldwide in 2019. That's up from 21% in uh, the last five years. Now, that 2019 figure means that about 7.3 kilograms, that means that's for every uh, man, woman, and child on Earth, uh, and it's, it's usually uh, more concentrated and more fixed in richer uh, countries of the world. And the amount of e-waste is actually rising about three times faster than the world's population. That's insane. Uh, and so uh, only 17%, not even 20% of that e-waste, those products are being recycled, even in the year 2019, even though we know about this issue. Now, uh, there are several different countries, and they have uh, different breakdowns in, in regions of the world, too. Not countries. Some countries, but uh, some other regions of the world, like whole continents. Their, um, their e-waste um, measurements are a bit smaller or a bit different than other parts of the world. So people in Northern Europe, they produce the most e-waste at 22.4 kilograms or 49 pounds and 6 ounces per person back in 2019. And that figure was about half as much in Eastern Europe. And then Australians and New Zealanders, uh, shout outs to y'all. Yeah, you guys uh, dispose of 21.3 kilograms or 46 uh, pounds uh, and 15.3 ounces per person. Uh, while in the U.S., uh, the figure in, in, the, in, in Canada, the figure is uh, a little bit smaller at 20.9 kilograms. That's 44 pounds and 1.4 ounces. Now, the averages in Asia and in Africa are way lower and they should kind of be proud of this but there's still some work to be done in Asia respectively it's at 5.6 kilograms or 12 pounds and 5.5 ounces and then in Africa it's 2.5 kilograms and at uh, five which is five pounds and um, eight ounces uh, per person respectively now, regarding uh, e-waste, there are so many uh, different materials within um, the e-waste that we push out. There's copper, iron, gold, silver, platinum, so many. And a conservative value for all of those uh, that we dispose of is about $57 billion, U.S. dollars. But those are being dumped and, and burned and they're not collected for recycling. Think about that. That's so much money just being burned and wasted and, and buried in the ground, all because we don't know how to extract that, to reuse those precious metals. Think of all the jewelry and all the, the machinery and all the uh, building, all the buildings and all the other um, types of uh, structures that we could have in our lives to make life so much easier, but instead we're burning it and we're, we're dumping it in the ground. These precious metals um, in waste are uh, estimated to be about $14 billion, but only $4 billion worth is really recovered at the moment or has been recovered. So of all the e-waste that has ever been um, dumped, only about $4 billion worth of precious metals has been recovered. And that's a small, tiny bit. Now in, eight, now in Europe, 
uh, in other regions of the world, other continents, of course, um, there are different recycling rates and they kind of vary widely. In Europe, they had the highest recycling rate, which is great, um, because they also produce or uh, produce the most e-waste. Uh, back in 2019, it was 42%, uh, which is really, really high compared to a lot of the other places around the world. And Asia comes in second at 12%, and then across uh, North America, South America, and um, Ocean- Oceania, or Oceania, I should call it, because I pronounce it wrong in, in other um, podcast episodes. Uh, the rate was 9%, extremely low, and then um, in Africa, it was 0.9% recycling rate. But um, since 2014, a number of countries, fortunately, have done uh, so much when it comes to their national e-waste policies and the laws that they put in place, and they've uh, only been increasing. It's been from 61 countries to about 78 countries out of the 193 uh, UN member states. Now, last but not least, I want to leave you all with a notable, quotable, something for you to think on. Quote, E-waste is a very big problem because the amount is growing at a very rapid pace each year and the level of recycling is just not keeping pace. End quote. Now it's from Keys Balade uh, from uh, UN University, which I didn't even know was a university, uh, and he's also one of the authors of the UN report. Recycling electronics we know is a is a step to be done, but sometimes, especially here in the in the U.S., I think we we fall behind um, doing the next step of things. I know there's recycling and there's composting, which um, some people still he- haven't even gotten on board with recycling or even compost. They don't they don't recycle uh, in their in their normal lives day to day, or they attempt to, but they fail. And composting is just like a world away, and they're not really concentrated on that. But uh, thinking about your electronics is another step that I think not everyone, specifically here in the U.S., is 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 trying to um, um, be better at. Um, you know, when it comes to even my old electronics, like I I do what I'm supposed to with batteries, with printing car- cartridges. Oh, in my computers, I have them, sure. My my oldest one I had back in university, um, and, you know, after I graduated, like, a year or two after that, then my computer kind of stopped working, was kind of wonky. And then I got another computer, a, a refurbished or a used computer. Uh, it was given to me, and so I used that one. And that lasted for, I want to say, about five or six years, maybe, um, yeah, it lasted about you know, four to four to five years. And then I just recently bought my, bought my new, uh, computer, my, uh, my Chromebook, uh, Lenovo, um, back in early 2020. So I've gone through just two computers and I know uh, what to do with them. Um, you know, my main priority is, is, is getting them to a, to a, a vendor that will, um, take apart them and I can see that process a little bit and I won't just trust their word but I'll get to that uh, in a little bit but I want you to figure you know what you do with your old electronics whatever they are do do, do you keep your old um, cell phones because most often you can give them to your uh, cell, po- cell phone provider um, and they'll recycle them for you and you know sometimes they'll give you uh, some um, rebates or discounts or something um, tangible that you can get because of that, or sometimes you just do it out of the goodness of your heart. Um, but where do you take your old electronics? Like that's the um, main focus I wanted to bring about for this episode, because sometimes we don't think about what happens after the fact. Like we we know what happens with our um, recycling after it hits the curb. Sometimes it goes to a mer for a. a, a uh, a materials recycling um, resource facility, materials resource facility, or it 
uh, ends up going sometimes to the landfill because it's burned or it's been contaminated, but it goes somewhere else. Um, and with our electronics, that's no different. Sometimes it's it's shipped off to uh, another part of the world, another country, and they handle it, or it's done in house and they they break it apart and then they either uh, break down the materials so that they're they're more uh, pliable and easy to take apart, and then they either um, extract what they need to extract out of them, and then they they sell the parts to other places for you know dirt cheap, um, and then sometimes they make new products out of them. But it's not happening on a, a really, really fast scale. Um, but uh, when it comes to the precious metals from our electronics, there's a lot to be retrieved from them. I was so surprised about, you know, every single year, um, there's, there's $10 million um, um, dollars worth or 7.9 billion euros worth um, that we could um, even retrieve more. Um, and then what it's worth is way much more. It's about, it's worth, you know, $57 billion. That's a lot worth of um, materials just from our e-waste alone. Uh, I don't know if there's any programs out there that specifically just take out the metals and maybe ship, reuse, reduce, recycle the other parts of the materials um, and, and anything that they can't uh, dispose of properly that they safely are able to dismantle that. Um, but I feel like that's an industry in itself. You know, people... Um, they use wire, um, uh, wire mining and they, they strip the, the wires and they take out the, the gold pieces or other types of metals, copper mining, um, and they're able to easily do that. Why isn't that being done with e-waste? I'm not saying you, you cultivate and create e-waste just for the precious metals in it, but that's a whole industry being ignored. All because we decide to dump our e-waste. Don't dump e-waste. Don't you know chuck it out uh, in the regular trash. You know um, there are specific symbols on remote controls and other devices, for example, that tell you not to dispose of them in the trash. You don't you don't do that. Um, but wherever you live, whether it's a county, um, someplace in town, in a parish, in a in in some area, there are laws or you know maybe. Um, resolutions or other types of legislation in place, or at least should be, so that you can properly dispose of your e-waste. And, and a lot of times there are fines uh, against improper uh, improper uh, disposal. Uh, next, I want to kind of um, congratulate or um, take time to notice that Europeans, they do... Sure, they do make the most e-waste, which is significant. Uh, Forty-nine pounds, six ounces. That's a whole person. That's a that's a that's like the 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 weight of a of a seven-year-old or eight-year-old, nine-year-old. And but they recycle their e-waste too. Almost, you know, forty-three uh, percent. It's forty-two percent. That's a lot of recycling too. So maybe. Um, in collaboration efforts, especially in the in the future, with trying to get on track with the UN's goals of reducing our e-waste, those in the U.S., in um, in all of North America and also South America, we should get on board with what the the uh, what the those in Europe are doing. Um, but the 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 I think what also makes sense is to make products last for a longer time. Um, and so that they're able to uh, fully last, you know, more than a generation, more than 25 years, not um, last, you know, less than six years, you know, 10 years, whatever amount. They're, these products should last a long time. You know, I get batteries. They, you have rechargeable batteries. You have batteries that are disposable, disposable which, you know, I hate. Um, but things like computers, if you're shelling out $1,000 for like a phone or for some computer desktop, it should last you like like 20 years, maybe more. It should last you a long time. People are still having a uh, desktop uh, uh, in, in, in Windows computers and in, in others still in use, you know. And so those have lasted a long, long time. But, you know, to say that we shouldn't expect for our electronics to last a long time is, is not being honest. It's not being real. Like, if I'm paying something, if I'm paying an arm and a leg for a piece of electronics, 
I want it to last a long, long time. I expect my Chromebook to last probably 15 years or so, especially if I take care of it. Now, if I don't, that's another story. But for me, uh, my old electronics, I have my, again, my my two older laptops. I, they're both Dells. Um, and then I have my iPod, which I don't really, you know, use a lot, um, but I do love it. Um, and then my old cell phones, I've, I've since recycled those. I don't generally keep those, um, but Verizon does a good job of, um, you know, making sure that they're recycled. And so, uh, you know, just take a, a breather and think about all your electronics. And there are the other ones too, like the fridge and others. And those are safely recycled too, or I would, I would hope so. There are so many, uh, different programs, um, to, to get them, um, in a, in a, in a good place. Uh, so they, they are, um, the resources are taken out of them safely and discarded or recycled, um, and, and made new. And then, you know, even before I even think about recycling, uh, my electronics, I'm going to think about where to go to make sure that all the data and everything that I want off the computer, um, is safely uh, taken off by a service or a company like Geek Squad because I've, I've trusted them before. They're really great with their software and know how to fix computers even. So if you even don't even want to recycle your um, piece of equipment, you can go and get it repaired. Someone like Geek Squad, for example, um, is really helpful. And then after that, they'll help you um, recycle your uh, electronics. The Mother Earth Minutes is where we review in the next few minutes for active things that we can all do and try to do to combat the issue in the episode and to protect Mother Earth. Uh, This is great because a lot of these uh, ways that we can actually save our electronics and uh, make sure that uh, whatever we do, they're they're getting a better use for somewhere else or we're selling them and making some money, donating them for good causes, recycling them. Um, we're doing the best we can to make sure that they're out of landfills, so to make sure that they're not uh, shipped on barges to other countries that probably don't have the best uh, practices when it comes to their electronics. Uh, this will inevitably uh, save uh, Mother Earth. You know, it's protecting our waterways, our soil, our air, and uh, that's what we want to focus on. So uh, there are seven different ways, and I gathered these from GetGreenNow.com. Uh, really simple tips, uh, really easy. Maybe some of these you've done before, or I know that I have. And one of the first ones is to think about selling your old electronics. Now, uh, if you want to part with your old electronics, they're wiped, they're in good condition, they look shiny to some degree, or they look not so beaten up, uh, you can definitely sell your electronics sometimes without um, fees on different sites. And one of the fees that's uh, one of the places that's major to sell them on is Craigslist. You can do this uh, without any fees, Is that's what I'm uh, told from the site. And so you can sell your unwanted devices by posting them uh, in local ads. Also you can do it on the newspaper too. And also, also you can meet up or just send them and, and ship them to uh, the uh, potential buyers. Uh, you can also go on places like Let Go or Etsy. Um, some of these places do have fees, like Etsy I know that they have the fees or um, transaction fees too, and then listings fees for the uh, sellers. Uh, eBay, I think, has uh, some fees too for those who are selling. You can go to electronic shops specifically, pawn shops, and see which you can also gather as well. For those in Canada, they can use uh, Kijiji, uh, and that's like the Canadian version of Craigslist, which I didn't know even existed. Uh, Kijiji, that's really a cute name, and it's pretty just straightforward and to the point. And so it operates sort of like uh, Craigslist. And so you can uh, just use that for those who live in Canada. Uh, Number two is to donate your electronics. Now this is great because if you don't have um, any use for the electronics anymore, and of of course you've uh, not had any stored data in them, like your laptop hard drive, uh, just get rid of um, the data um, in, a, in a safe way and, and of course go to a reputable tech service company that will go ahead and just clear the data for you 
so just before you donate it. Uh, you can donate to you know schools, uh, programs that give back to students or give back in a meaningful way. Because there's there's so many that are looking and begging for electronics, old electronics, uh, gently used electronics. Um, you could also donate maybe to computer labs, engineering la- labs that will take apart your uh, computer and maybe maybe fumble with it and maybe learn a bit. Um, uh, as they are doing that, and they'll they'll love you for it, and also organizations um, that work um, in in need electronics too, because there are a number of organizations that sometimes they don't have the best technology, or they're maybe working with kids and they kind of want uh, them to experience um, using computers, and maybe they don't have the funds at the time or at the moment. And number three is to recycle and dispose of your e-waste properly. Now, there have been brands, not just uh, cell phone company companies that uh, do a lot um, when it comes to giving um, your um, electronics a new life, but for brands like Apple, Samsung, and, and other companies, they'll definitely... Um, Go ahead and take back your electronics. And sometimes they'll give you a nice rebate of uh, other um, uh, uh, electronics that you'll have in the future. You know, just some, some money back for you. They'll give you maybe some coupons. They'll have some incentive for you also for donating your old um, devices. So that's a really great upside to that. This It's incentivized um, recycling. Number four is to maintain the life of your electronics. Now, this is simple because it's all about uh, what you've done to the electronics prior. So something like your laptop or um, desktop computer, just try to make sure that the hard drive itself, because that's like the the hub for your computer, make sure that that's not completely full. Make sure it's not on 99% uh, uh, capacity. Make sure it's running smoothly because that's how uh, it operates. It it needs enough room to get rid of files, add files, update, and you want to make sure it has a a lot of storage uh, for the length and and the longevity of its use. And for your computers, and make sure that they don't get dirty. No scuffs, no bangs, no crumbs and, and, and food particles all along the keyboard. You want to make sure it's it's crisp. You want to make sure the mouse works, that it's there, that their keys work, and that they're typing away. And that you also want to make sure that you don't overcharge the battery. That was one of the main problems of my uh, last two computers with the Dells, that the batteries um, weren't uh, syncing up with the charger. And so, you know, it would be 15% and I'd have it charged and then it would never um, it would never stay charged um, and that was a, a real big issue especially uh, around the time that the computer essentially, essentially was useless and died essentially and so I didn't really um, decide to um, uh, go about investing more money into batteries I did for a couple times but then after that I just stopped and that's why I got a new computer um, and then with your phone, use a phone case. I love phone case and uh, screen protectors. I have like four or five screen protectors. Uh, you, you buy them in bulk. They're really uh, good prices. And phone cases, make sure that it's durable. Something maybe um, a, a hard uh, you know, silicone or um, maybe a type of like plastic, durable plastic, recycled plastic, bamboo. Um, you have you know different options. I don't think metal is the way to go, but other um, phone case materials because they come in all different sizes and they're they're beautiful and all you got to do is just make sure that you don't drop your phone all the time um, but use the phone case and screen protector for added protection um, and uh, with your phones you want to make sure that you keep your device clean uh, and that you, you do not always charge the battery especially when you don't need to because it uh, impacts the battery lifespan over time I saw a video recently, I think it was on one of the um, the Business Insider uh, channels on YouTube, and they I showed a video, it was fascinating. I love, I love cleaning videos, uh, whether it be um, uh, car detailing videos or like ones with carpeting and flooring and messes on the floor, and this one happened to do with um, 
cell phones and it was a, a company that was in tech and they clean professionally clean the cell phones it was amazing they repaired the battery they repaired the insides and the insides look so gunky and uh, food particles and, and, and lint and everything else you could think of probably rocks and everything bits of sand in the cell phone and the ports and everything it was just gross but it was amazing so for those who love those type of uh, videos you know you'll you'll get in and see the action but the, the key there is to not get, let your phone get that dirty um, because it, it will be serviced and repaired by them of course but you know if you're trying to resell your phone or uh, donating it just try and not get it to that point so that you know you can maybe have an easier time selling it and maybe for more because you won't have to go through paying extra to have it cleaned first and then uh, sold off or donated. Number five is to repurpose or even reevaluate whether you need a phone at all. So think twice about even upgrading your phone or even buying a new device period. Um, so think about, do you really need this new device? Does it increase your productivity? Do you need it for work, for school, for outside activities? Uh, is it going to help you with your business? Uh, are you going to use this computer every day? Or are you going to use it once in a while? Is it for the family? What are the, the needs and uses for this new device that you really want? Um, is this more a, of, a, of a need or is it more of a want? Do you really uh, need this computer um, just for aesthetics or do you need it for your schoolwork, which you know, you'll have to do maybe for the next five years, six years, or maybe for work, which will last you, you know, you want a computer to last you for a long time, like years and years, maybe, the de maybe a decade or two. Or is it more of a want? Are you just trying to keep up with the Joneses? Do you want new technology because you just want the new model um, and then an upgrade to your current technology? Whether it be a phone, you know, people buying a thousand dollar phones but don't have enough groceries in the fridge or haven't paid their rent priorities. So you want to think about, um, you know, those factors and also. Does it add enough value to you in a personal way or even professionally? Um, in your professional life, does it increase um, the amount of sales that you're going to get? Does it have uh, features that blow other computers out of the, out of the water? And so it, 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 it pays for itself over time. Or personally, uh, for you, is it... Um, a brand that you can trust? Have you done the reviews and your homework on the brand itself? Have you uh, weighed out the costs of this computer versus others that you used in the past? Or is this uh, just for vanity? Uh, you want to look at all sides when it comes to getting a, a new piece of technology, especially if you're going to have it for a long time. Uh, and then uh, with your old cell phone, uh, you can definitely make more uses out of it. This is where you reevaluate the uses that you can have for it. You can maybe use it for a flashlight, you know, maybe a quick uh, handy dandy flashlight for its GPS uses, maybe for notes because you can sometimes still use a notes feature. Um, number six is to store your data online. So if you uh, have the data from your old phone and you don't want to get a new phone and you kind of want to think about data options, look about um, trying to find a place where you can access your data from anywhere, which, which you can with a lot of these options. Um, and you can um, buy it, you don't have to buy additional storage um, uh, with computers nowadays. Most often they have enough in their, in their, um, in their capacities as computers. But um, to reduce getting additional storage for those who maybe want that, just look to storing your data online safely. There are so many options. You have Dropbox, um, which is pretty popular, OneDrive, Google Drive, uh, with their business accounts and for those who want to pay for extra storage. We have PCloud and, and Mega, and then you have Box. You have others, but those are just some, some notable ones, some popular ones. So look about um, storing your data online, especially if you don't want to uh, buy extra um, equipment for your computers. Look about um, storing it online. And then lastly, for those in the U.S. Um, and for other uh, countries, look about or look for the equivalents, um, the equivalent in um, Energy Star programs for your electronics. These, these are... Um, 
Energy Star rated devices that consume less energy and they reduce your overall electricity bill so much and there's so little energy required it's like it, it, it pays for itself in the long run too and it, it makes the most of what you have especially with your energy and you're not over utilizing it because it kind of keeps it in check it it, it is almost um, second nature to the device and a lot of times and like every device I've had since I've had my my computer since um, my first computer since 2010, um, I've bought uh, Energy um, Star Electronics, my computer. So um, it, it's great. It's, it's, it's like the new wave. And I think most computers nowadays, especially if you look um, on shelves, then they'll, they'll be Energy Star, especially here in the U.S., um, abroad, there are probably equivalent programs, especially maybe in Europe. I know that they, they have um, programs and the government uh, does, um, does look out for the, those who have electronics. And I talked about that uh, some episodes ago. Um, but yeah, I would invest in looking at the um, features of your computers and see if they're saving you energy and money uh, down the long on down the long run. The eco fact of the day is that in 2020, global carbon emissions from fossil fuels could decrease by 5%, the largest single year drop ever recorded. Republican members of Congress accuse Wall Street of discriminating against fossil fuel companies during the pandemic. That fact was sourced from the Sierra Club's Sierra Magazine in the July-August 2020 issue. The Eco Company Spotlight is a great point in the Greener Thoughts program and it's one of my favorites. And uh, I love it because I get to talk about the amazing brands that I love and that I hope you love too. And a lot of these companies, these eco companies, are ones that I've trusted for a long time. And I've gotten to uh, love their products and explore them uh, thoughtfully. And I just want to share them uh, with you. If you have brands maybe out there uh, that you care enough about to share, let me know. I love that. I don't get enough of that. And I really uh, want to. Uh, if you have maybe a favorite uh, luxury, eco-friendly uh, shampoo or maybe perfume or you have a snack that is just the love of your life and you can't get enough of it and it just is like gluten-free or it has just amazing organic ingredients let me know I love looking at these companies and buying their stuff um, I've been doing it a long time since um, February 2019 as you know uh, for those who've been listening in for a bit and you can always you know let me know about your favorite companies or, and brands and you know their products you can always send me a voice message via anchor or by email at greenerthoughtspodcast at gmail.com there is an amazing company I'm going to let you know about because for those who love tea or coffee you will want to listen in on this it's called Clark's Cubes Clark's Cubes is really a new company. They started back in 2018 and they were kind of spurred to action all because of the plastic waste and our generation is putting it out into the atmosphere, into the environment so much. And so they figured they wanted to reduce the production of plastic waste entirely and they thought about pods, Keurig's pods in plastic bottles and all the other uh, types of containers that we know and use as consumers and sometimes uh, often they're not recycled and they end up in our environments and Keurig for example they make nine billion pods alone you think that those pods are being recycled I don't think so so the founder thought you know why not just produce packaging that breaks down easily and leaves no trace 
So he figured to work in his home kitchen. He cultivated some different packaging uh, with the um, implementation and use of it in places like farmers markets and eventually into stores. And it's growing slowly but surely and continues to grow. And he's making changes in packaging as well. And so it's really being a sustainable uh, and flourishing tea and coffee company. So as far as his commitment uh, at Clark's Cubes, the uh, brand itself, their products are great. Commitment to sustainability is their focus. And so they're about their packaging mainly and their ingredients too, but I didn't find too much information on their ingredients. But their packaging is amazing. It's reusable. They have the tins and then they're they're trying to make other ones as well. Uh, and they've kind of gone through a cycle. They, they've elevated their different product packaging, which you can see on the website. They have their compostable uh, corn-based seal, which is what comes around the, um, the packs themselves of the products. And then there's the packaging, which could be the tin and uh, those uh, components, their corn-based seal and their tea or coffee uh, cubes themselves are biodegradable. And this uh, company was launched, created, and developed here in the U.S. Uh, with their products, they have uh, many different kinds. They have their coffees. They have them in black, mocha, and vanilla. And then with their tea, they have a few different ones as well. They have Earl Grey. They have their mango lemon tea. And they also have it in green mint. And then with their variety packs, they have their uh, cubed tea, and then they have it in the cubed coffee varieties. They have those in 36 cube packs, and then they have um, the six packs, and then they have the refill tins, which you can use too. And those are really, really happy. Now, I love um, and, and actually, you know, like the fact that Clark's Cubes is really innovative. It's different. I bought it earlier in um, 2020, uh, just shopping around in D.C., um, and uh, I was actually going to the... Um, the ASA, the American Sociological Association, and popping around there, and I wanted to, um, you know, get some snacks. I was a little bit hungry, and I knew that I would probably get home a little bit after rush hour. Um, so I bought the lemon uh, mango tea tin, and I bought it from the Made in DC store. Now it's a it's a unique product because it's it's rather small. It's probably about the size of your palm or so. The whole package. Um, uh, so the product is in the tin and it's a, it's a unique idea, super, uh, niche. And I love the fact that it's biodegradable with their packaging inside the reusable tin. I love, love, love that. Um, it's convenient, super light. You can carry this in your purse, in your bag, in your backpack, uh, in your briefcase. You can take this with you. It's probably safe, um, in the, in the airport. Um, it's safe for work you're traveling in or maybe working from home, uh, for business trips, all that. And, you know, you can't always necessarily do that with conventional tea bags or even unconventional ones. Um, but I like the tea. I, I do want a stronger taste and I know that I've tried only one flavor because I'm not a fan of like mint, minty teas or like mint chocolate. I just don't like um, eating mint in that way. I'll eat maybe some peppermint all natural or maybe some gum, but I don't necessarily like it with sweets or in a, a different capacity. So I just wanted like a stronger tea and I probably have to heat it next time instead of using cold water, which I've used. So I'll try that because it, it does have organic uh, sugar cane in it, which is, is, a, is a great sweetener. Um, but uh, for me, the downside is that it wasn't sweet for my taste, but I'll have to try it in a, in a warm, um, in a warm, uh, way to do it in a heated up way and I'll see if that maybe changes my opinion uh, of that but I do love that it has sugar cane in it I wish it had a bit more sweeteners to it but um I, I like my tea um naturally sweet whether it's a little bit fruity um it has some sweet to it and, and maybe I'll add some honey or something else to it but more often than not I just want it to be naturally kind of sweet not uh sweet tea um, sweet like from the south, but I just wish it had more taste um, And I could relish in that uh, when I'm uh, you know drinking it 
it is, I think, optimal for tea time, you know, for those across the pond uh, in the UK and in England specifically. I know that they'll love tea specifically. Um, but maybe for breakfast or maybe when you're sick, it's great just for um, just a, a pick me up or just a wind down because some people like tea for that reason. Uh, so for me, I would give it four, four out of five green thumbs up. You know, I wish I had more flavors, but the, the, the packing of the punch, um, I, I want it to just be more sweet. That's just for me specifically. So for you, maybe a five out of five or maybe a 10 out of 10 for you. Yeah, the packaging it gives high gets high uh, marks for me because it's reusable, recyclable. I love, love, love that. Now, Clark's cubes can be found online and in stores. Definitely, you'll find them um, more often um, online. You'll find uh, the the greatest variety, and you'll see you know its availability versus in stores. Uh, so you can check them out at Clark's Cubes. That's C L A R K S C U B E S dot com, and then go to Shop Now, and then the store located, which is on the left of the website, and their products are available in the U.S. or at in different stores, uh, and in the U.K. Um, in their with their stores, they're available in specific locations. They're not mainstream uh, with some of the locations, so it's best to go at the to the store locator tab to check them out on their site. Clark's Cubes can be found on the following social media platforms. You can check them out at Facebook at Clark's Cubes, Instagram at Clark's Cubes, all one word, all lowercase, and also on YouTube. I recently subscribed to them. They have a, a teeny bit of subscribers, probably less than about five or six, so I thought to support them and recently subscribe. Uh, to contact Clark's Cubes, just go over to their website, clarkscubes.com, and then click Shop Now, and then go to Contact Us at the, at the left of the website again to message them directly. So this is the end of the program, and we talked a bit about e-waste, learned a bit more about the statistics of which countries are doing well and which ones are doing poorly when it comes to even their amount of e-waste that they expend, but their high recycling rates or maybe low recycling rates. And we've learned uh, how to properly dispose of our electronics, how to make more use of them, how to think about what we're um, buying rather than uh, what we're expelling and if we even need to be buying more electronics in the first place. Sometimes you can make more use of what you have already um, than just wanting to, wanting to um, buy just for the sake of buying something new. Sometimes you have to hold off. Sometimes you just have to have that item in your Amazon cart or you have to have it on layaway for a bit more or uh, just another reason to just maybe shop a little bit less. Uh, so I, I really hope that this uh, podcast episode was impactful for you and you learned quite a bit and so if you felt uh, compelled and you felt the need to learn a bit more into it or maybe to share um, then that that really uh, was the aim of the podcast episode and I, I love that I was able to help you um, personally grow uh, in your um, search for maybe new electronics or keep the ones that you already have and make uh, better uh, use for them and make them more productive uh, in your life, in your work life, uh, in whatever use you have for them. So until next time, until another podcast episode, I hope that you go forth and uh, do more learning and uh, listen up next time for another podcast episode in the near future. But until then, please take care of yourselves and always our planet. Be well. Bye. <laughs>